You are listening to episode number 23 of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. We meet again, my friend. It's good to have you here with me on the podcast. How's it going? How is your current brain situation? (laughs) Is it like a situation room up in there? Talk about the real oval office all up in your face. (laughs) Lately, I've been coaching my face off with everything going on with the coronavirus. I've been doing my own self-coaching and I created a lot of space on my schedule for people who've been needing the extra support through the uncertainty, the job losses, the household chaos, the nervous munchies and pantry raids, whatever it is, whether it's specifically around weight loss or not. I wanted to make sure you were aware that I'm offering this for free right now with no strings attached. So you can take advantage of this offer to come alleviate some of that stress that you might be experiencing. Listen, it's very important that you manage your mind. It might not feel like there's a lot of order in the world right now, but there can be a lot of order in your life. There is no reason for you to suffer needlessly. So I want to make sure you know that you have this available to you, that you can come and get coached, that we can do this work together, especially if it's something that you've never experienced before and you're not sure how it can help. Let's sit down for you to have the experience of that. Just go to mindbody.academy. So it's not a .com, it's a .academy. Click contact and request a session. It's that simple. Okay, so on today's episode, I want to talk to you about mindfulness of the body. More specifically, I want to talk to you about your body and using it to experience the world as well as your experience of your body. What's it like living in your body? Usually when we think about the body, we have images of either health or disease that come to mind. We think of weight loss, we think of fitness, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we think of the body being riddled with illness or pain or disability. And then somewhere in the middle of all of this, we don't think very much about our bodies at all. (laughs) Our heart beats without us having to ask. Our breath is breathed without us having to ask. All the autonomous life-supporting systems are running in the background without us having to think a single supportive thought to make it all happen. It just happens for us. And all of that is kind of miraculous when you think about it in that way, how life supports itself. The first pillar of mindfulness is actually mindfulness of the body. Enlightenment is a kind of mm, 
pie in the sky (laughs) concept if we don't acknowledge that it must be experienced in the body. It can be helpful to think of enlightenment as access to our inner knowing, our deepest wisdom. You've got to be in your body to register what is happening, to access that. Mindfulness is centered on the body because the body is the place where we're most here. This body's experience is here and now. So why is the body so important? It's so interesting because focusing on the body produces specific benefits for the mind. When you're directing your attention to the sensations in your body, you're learning how to control the sensory volume knobs in your brain. So imagine you had a control panel in that situation room in your brain, and you could actually turn the volume dial up or down on specific sensations, like like lights on a dimmer. This is something all of us do all of the time. And if you're focused on the body or the breath, all this processing will take place in the brain's primary somatosensory cortex. Just beneath the cortex, there is a gatekeeper structure (laughs) called the thalamus. And basically what it's doing is editing sensations that are irrelevant. The way that this works is that there's a feedback loop between the thalamus and the somatosensory cortex called the alpha wave. What happens when you focus on a specific part of the body, the alpha wave gets shortened and the sensation in that part of the body gets amplified. That's why when you try to resist the urge to scratch an itch, the sensation often gets stronger, right? So the awareness floods that part of the body and is cut off in areas that you aren't focused on. It turns out you can use your mind to regulate this editing mechanism and you can change how that wave gets broadcast. This makes sense, right? Because if not, we would just be sitting there dribbling down our chins because our brains would be totally fried from all the extrasensory inputs flowing through us. Okay, so take, for example, my voice. You can hear my voice right now, right? Just checking. (laughs) But your thalamus is also registering the sensation in your tushy, (laughs) for example. And you can focus on what I'm saying because the volume on my voice is being turned up by the alpha rhythm and the volume of the sensory stream that represents your bum (laughs) is being turned down. Well, hopefully you're still focused on my voice, (laughs) but I probably just directed a lot of your attention to your badonkadonk. Anyway, (laughs) a meditation induction technique that is really helpful when you're beginning to learn how to meditate, or even if you're an experienced meditator, is to start by focusing on the sensation of the breath. The easy flow in and out, in and out. And then gradually shift your attention to all the sounds happening around you, listening for the closest sound, and then listening for the most distant sound. And then you can bring your attention to the most prominent tactile sensation, 
It could be pain in a joint, just your feet on the ground, the feeling of your bum in your chair, and then shifting to the faintest sensation. Maybe the airflow on your skin, your hair brushing your shoulder, and you could continue in this way with the sense of sight, taste of smell, just circulating the attention throughout the body with the breath. Okay, so why is this technique particularly useful? We're beginning to get a real sense of why. Through mindfulness, you're able to learn how to flexibly increase or decrease the alpha rhythm as needed. You're able to regulate your experience of pain and pleasure from that control panel. You can downregulate pain and upregulate pleasure. And think, I think that's something that's really useful to know that you can do, don't you? Mindfulness of the body helps by making the sensory attentional system more flexible and responsive to rapid changes in context. It allows us to make adaptive use of our stress triggers. Yet, we know that people who live with chronic pain and stress have trouble regulating that switchboard. Let's do a little meditation experiment right now. I'll have you close your eyes or soften your gaze. And I'm going to watch a timer for you for one minute. And you're going to have only one instruction to follow. Just one. And the instruction is this. For the next minute, do only what keeps you in your body. Staying in your body for the next 60 seconds. Beginning now. Closing down your eyes. That's our time. When you feel ready to do so, you can open the eyes or keep them closed if you're comfortable like that. (laughs) Were you able to stay in your body? Or did you find yourself drifting into thought or planning or maybe commentary? Here's what happens for most people in their brains. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm in my body. What should I focus on? Here? There? No here. Ah, yeah, that's nice and relaxing. I wonder how much time has passed. Oh no, I have to pee. (laughs) Is that still being in your body? Probably. Ugh, but it gets worse if I focus on it. Ah, crap. (laughs) And I have an itch. Am I allowed to scratch that? Whatever, she can't see me. 
<laughs> We're going for it. Ah, sweet relief. <laughs> I'm back in my body. I'm back in my body. I'm back in my body. Hey, I think I'm getting actually the hang of this. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> so the instruction, do only what keeps you in your body, is a funny one. It can go both ways. For some people, they're able to become more connected to their bodies, and for others, the instruction can create more disconnect, and the attention contracts easily into thoughts. In any event, what we realize rather quickly is that it's not easy to be present in our bodies. And you might be wondering why it is so difficult. What we know is that processing resources are biased towards the pain sensations. Chronic stress can hijack those resources and make the sensory attentional system very inflexible. My teacher and coach, Brooke Castillo, talks about how this also shows up as a negativity bias and creates what she calls thought errors. A thought error is like a glitch and it produces an unintended and undesirable outcome. This matters because our thoughts project as our world, and we filter our sensory inputs from the world through the lens of our thoughts. When we have self-limiting thoughts and beliefs, we block the creativity that would allow us to transcend the undesirable outcomes that we have in our life. That's why believing something to be impossible ends up creating it as impossible. When you believe something is impossible, you're not looking for a way to make it possible. It makes us problem-focused instead of solution-oriented. Attentional resources are consumed by those negative preoccupations and worries, so our attentional bandwidth gets shortened. The impact of that is that most of us aren't processing the sensory world in real time. When we have a thought error looping in our minds, it's like a glitch that makes the record players skip. So there's lag and distortion in how we process our sensory input. Before we hear the music, we have to tune out the mind drama, which is creating a lot of static. And mindfulness is the tuning tool that we have that we need in order to be able to quiet the noise and separate out those two layers of experience. There's what's going on in real time, in the body, in our environment, and then the layer of thought on top of that. So our experience of reality is rooted in the senses in our body. And then there's the experience of our thoughts about, about that reality, which is rooted in the mind. The ability to respond to our current situation in real time is so critical for well-being. When we're mostly living in our minds, we're mostly lost in thought, and the thoughts feel more real than what's actually real. The body is what grounds us back into reality, because reality is often a lot kinder than what we make it out to be in our minds. Take, for example, what's going on with the coronavirus. If I ask you, what's happening right now? Most of you would tell me about the news, how it's affecting your life and your work. 
And then I could ask you the question again, though. What's happening right now? The truth is, you're probably in a room, you're breathing, you're listening to this podcast, your body is functioning. Maybe you feel your body seated in the chair or your headphones in your ears. And so when you go beyond the mind and land back in your body, the experience itself shifts. So it's true that there are these things happening in the world. And it is also true that at the deepest level, living in your body right in this instant, all is well. But the experience is going to be qualitatively different depending which level of truth we are inhabiting in this moment. So the sensory experience offers the transcendence of the mind. And mindfulness of the body is the critical first step to learning how to be in control of doing just that. It's helpful to know that why we trail off into thought so often is that there are aspects of sensation that are continuous with aspects of cognition and thinking. So thinking is a sensory experience and we actually feel our thinking in our bodies. Our thinking is comprised of senses. When you think of what are what is a thought, it's actually a constellation, a construction, reconstruction of senses in our minds. When you're thinking about something or imagining it, there's activity in the somatosensory cortices and that produces a cascade of neurochemical and hormonal effects that impact your physiology, that impact your body. It's this phenomenon that gives a certain realness to our thinking that makes it hard to see our thoughts as separate from reality. Sometimes our thinking feels very factual to us because of how we're experiencing it in our bodies. It's our senses that translate our emotional pain into a physical pain. And when there is pain, most of us aren't practiced staying with that pain in order to tend to it, in order to try and release ourselves from the pain. We tend to buffer it away with food or busyness or other forms of distraction. But it's not that the pain goes away. It's just that our attention is temporarily displaced. We zone out from it. So we put some distance between us and our bodies by retracting away into our minds. We escape the experience of the pain and the discomfort in our bodies by putting ourselves into a state of distraction. But here's why this can be problematic when we dissociate from our bodies in this way. I want you to think of your body as a house. And in the living room, there's a kid that wants attention. The kid is going to do everything to get it. You immediately make it mean something is wrong. Something is wrong with a kid. Something is wrong with your capacity to be with it. And try to eliminate the problem. But no matter what you do, you feel powerless to respond. So you get stressed and your body gets tense. And you leave the living room regularly and go up to your office and you might research what to do about it, make a plan to do something about it. 
but the crying in the living room gets louder and louder and louder. So you go and close the door. You wall off your heart and start closing down. Still, you hear the crying, so you put earphones in. So you're further and further distancing yourself. But no matter how far you remove yourself, you still know that in the living room, there's this upset child. So it's still there, but now you're shut off. So we can zone out, we can distract ourselves, but it just pushes the problem unconscious, making it more likely that we're reacting to it and engaging in further forms of avoidance. We lash out and withdraw, and we lose ourselves in our unconscious efforts to control life. But it's tiring to do this. It takes energy to escape. And then there's all this underlying anxiety about what we're not paying attention to. We block ourselves off from accessing what we can do about it. Because we're busying ourselves with trying to control our circumstances rather than our response to them. Emotion wants to move, so with nowhere to go, it just starts to occupy more and more space in that house, more and more space in your life. I find it helpful to think of emotions as guests in our homes. If you let emotions come in without greeting them and spending time with them, they get free reign of the house and they can take over. They can come in whenever they want, they can do whatever they want. Instead of acting as the host, if you leave the house, you disconnect from your body by doing something that gets you out of your body and into your head and numbing like overeating and it feels like you're getting away from what's going on it feels like you're moving away from the pain but really you're just living with this sense that something's gone wrong or that something will go wrong but you don't quite know what it is you're maybe only partially aware of what's happening inside of you maybe just aware of the discomfort or the lack of energy. But when you own your home, when you choose to live there and act as the host, you decide how you welcome and attend to the guests. And this determines the experience of your home, of being in your body. When we view negative emotion as a threat, our primal conditioning is to get defensive and shut down. When you recognize every emotion is just passing through, you're able to open up to life and to welcome whatever comes as just a part of life. It's here to pass. And you can sit down with that part of life that is negative, that is difficult, that might be more painful, and let that be okay. Not make that mean that anything has gone wrong or that something's wrong with you for life being that way for that time because when you don't have to feel so negative about the negative the negative becomes much less negative so much of our experience of being alive happens in our bodies your body gives you the experience of both your mind and your life which is interesting because i think most of us think that we're experiencing our lives and that the world out there is just the world out there 
really what's going on as we move throughout our lives is that we're interpreting what's there through our thoughts and sensations. And that determines the nature of the world each of us lives in. It's a world that's colored by our emotions. Ever notice how we mood match the music we listen to? (laughs) It's like that. So how can we move back into our bodies and let the body become a refuge, a home that allows us to feel that sense of home in our lives? The easiest way to do this is to separate out your thoughts about what's happening right now from your immediate sensory experience in this present moment. You want to start to notice the difference between being in a thought and being in your body. You can do this by orienting the attention through questions. You might ask, what is happening inside me? What is it really like right now? And can I be with this or can I let this be? Developing that habit of staying in the body, of not only noticing the emotion that might be present for you, but just to notice how that emotion is living in your body. Is there somewhere specific that's the center of that in your belly or your chest or your throat and beginning to notice that? When you ask these kind of questions, you might drop the awareness into the area, those areas specifically, so the the chest, the throat, the belly, because that's often where our emotions are felt the most. And just notice what's happening inside me. Breathe with what's going on and explore, can I be with this? And you see if you can soften around and relax with whatever is there. You can name and describe to yourself what you notice. What's the feeling of that? Is there tightness, gripping, constriction, tensing? Or maybe it's the opposite. There's ease and openness and expansion. You just practice asking again, and what's it really like? The more you ask the question, the more space is created and the more space we start to sense inside the sensations. We ask and pause. It's very exploratory. Another way is to keep the practice very simple and do a simple body scan. You can circulate the attention to different parts of the body moving down or up. And you can use touch points in the body. For example, a way to stay more present in a conversation or when giving a presentation is to keep 10, uh, yes, 10 to 20% of your attention in your body, maybe your feet or your hands, and then give the rest of your attention to what you're saying or to what's being said. If you've ever experienced losing your train of thought, this is super helpful. During a meditation, you might feel your hands in your lap or your seat in the chair or the ground beneath your feet. Just finding these obvious places in the body to rest the attention. Or you might pay attention to different parts of the body or sensations happening in the body. So let's practice together and 
That way you'll be able to have the experience of this for yourself. Take a moment to find somewhere where you can get comfortable. The environment doesn't have to be perfect. Wherever you are is perfectly fine. Just taking some moments to find a comfortable seat on the ground or a chair or simply lay all the way down. Any posture that allows you to relax and settle in without any tension or trying too hard. Close your eyes and take your attention inward intending to relax the mind enough for the awareness to begin to descend into the body. Bring your attention to any obvious areas of tension. Maybe your shoulders. Working your way down your spine. Making any micro adjustments. Relaxing any tensing or holding. Moving down to your pelvis and sit bones. Down to the knees. And then the ankles and the feet. Now that you're comfortable and relaxed in your posture, bring your attention to the breath. Not needing to change it or deepen it or slow it down. Just notice where it is. Now bring your awareness to the top of your head. Simply becoming aware of the crown of your head. Moving on to your forehead. Your right temple. Your left temple. Right eye. Left eye your nose, your right cheek, left cheek, bringing your attention to the space between your upper lip and your nostrils, noticing any subtle sensations, any large sensations, Maybe the air as it comes in and out of the nose. Maybe noticing any differences in temperature between your inhales and your exhales. Now moving the attention up to the space between the eyebrows. Again, noticing any subtle or pronounced sensations. Practicing noticing things as they are, 
not as we'd like them to be. And then on your next exhale, let your attention drop into your right shoulder. And just exploring the outside and the inside of your shoulder. And on your next exhale, let your attention drop into your right elbow. Fill up on your next breath in. And on your exhale, let the attention drop back down all the way down into your right wrist. Circulating the attention to the left shoulder. Breathing in and sensing the lift of the shoulder. Maybe noticing the brushing of your clothing against the surface of your skin. And then as you exhale, let your attention drop into your left elbow. Let the attention travel back up your arm on an inhale. And on your exhale, dropping the attention down into your left wrist. Let your attention flood your whole left arm. Inhaling the shoulders up and exhaling the attention down into the chest. Resting the attention on the chest. Feeling the subtle lift of the breath up beneath your collarbones. Just a field of awareness across the space of your heart. Letting the attention wrap around from your chest to the back of your body. Sensing into the back of your neck. Taking a full breath in. And as you exhale, slowly make your way down your spine. Starting at the base of your neck, making your way all the way down your spine. Noticing and feeling anything that's there down on the way. Letting the breath travel the length of your spine. From the base of the spine, coming across to the right hip, On your next exhale, dropping the attention down into the right knee. And then the right foot. Inhaling back up to the left hip. Exhaling down to the left knee. And down to the left foot. 
Now inhaling back up to the space between your eyebrows, breathing all the way in. Feel the lift through your breath. And on your exhale, let your attention flood your whole body, the whole field of sensation across the body. Maybe this brings with it a sense of gratitude for your body. Feeling more at home in the body that we get to journey with in this life. If it's helpful, relaxing with the breathing body. Sensing how the body houses the breath. Slowly begin to deepen your breathing. Twirl your fingers and toes. And gently open your eyes. Just know that this body, your body, is always here for you to feel at home and alive in your life. Even when life doesn't seem to be going your way. Simply by taking your attention back to the body, you can discover that there's always this refuge as you move throughout the world. And your heart beats and your breath breathes without you even having to ask. Your body's basic reason for being is to support your life and to take care of you. When you take care of it, it can take better care of you. Poet Rumi asks, do you pay regular visits to yourself? Whenever you feel lost or disconnected, especially when times are overwhelming or confusing. Remember that all you have to do is journey inward to be welcomed back home. Take good care. Be well. I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the podcast. Your health is your number one wealth asset. And your body is the vehicle for you to make that contribution you want to make to the world. Step into a vision of success that includes health and happiness by joining my one-on-one -on -one coaching program where you'll work directly with me in Think Yourself Slim to do just that. Or be part of the conversation in the Genius Body community over on Facebook. Let's start a transformation today.